This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. We are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. My name is Faraz Sadiq. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over buys. We're going to go over sells. It's trading season. Not only for us, but it, apparently, it's trading season in the NFL, right? Yeah. Robbie Anderson got traded during our podcast yesterday to the Cardinals, and there could be some other trades coming. All right, stay tuned for that. You know, over the over the next you know maybe week or two, trade deadline's going to be coming up soon. Uh, you know, in the also trade deadlines, you know, right around the corner for fans as well. We only have a few more weeks to pull some trades together before the fantasy playoffs to get yourself over the hump, get yourself into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, so, you know, don't be complacent, right? This was right. a you know, relatively weak waiver wire week, right? So if you got to make some moves, you got to do, do what you got to do. You know, trade some studs away maybe, buy some studs, do some two-for-ones. But we're going to go over all that today. We're going to go over a bunch of guys that were buying, a bunch of guys that were selling. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Not a whole bunch of news to go over going into Wednesday. We'll monitor those practice reports for you. Um, you know, and we'll talk more about any injuries going into week seven to, in tomorrow's podcast uh, when we go over our quarterback and running back rankings. But, Zach, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful for this week in fantasy football. Like you said, it's quiet on the waiver wire, so no one's really moved up or down really in any of my leagues, and it's probably the same for your guys. Um, nobody's really made any big pickups. There hasn't been much of a shift. Um, you know, players that you had on by last week are back. So that feels good to get them back in the lineup, but other players are missing. It always sucks these first few weeks of buys. Um, a lot of big players missing time, but every time they come back, it's nice to have those buys behind them. And that actually, you know, can increase their value a little bit. If you're talking about trades, you look at their buy, it's already behind them. That could actually make them appeal a little bit more. That's what I've been trying to do in my leagues uh, recently. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. So, why don't we just get right into it, man? Yeah. Let's go ahead and get right into uh, some of the buys, some of the sells. And one guy who is coming off of his buy is Amara St. Brown. Um, you know, we don't know for sure if he's going to play this week. He did say that he's feeling better, which is great to hear. Um, but I take advantage of that right now before he gets that full practice in, right? Yeah. Uh, before we hear like, oh, you got a full practice. In. All right, he's good to go. Right. And, you know, their first practice of the week is today on Wednesday. So, mm -hmm. you know, you might have, 
you know, that practice report is going to come out relatively soon. They are in the East Coast or Central, you know, and you're going to get that uh, report, you know, probably in an hour or two, whether he's in practice or not. But he's a top six wide receiver. Yeah. Top six fantasy wide receiver rest of the season, right? There is a good chance that most aren't viewing him that way. Like if I had to bet and I had to take a poll, and I'm going to do that actually on my Instagram later. Yeah. Is Amara St. Brown a top six fantasy wide receiver? I would say that a vast majority would say that he's not. Um, I, I would I would guess 50-50 on that one. And I train him, I trade for him right now while that isn't at 100%. Because I have a feeling in a couple of weeks, uh, everyone is going to be viewing Amara St. Brown uh, as a top wide receiver. So if you're looking to make that playoff push, if you're chilling at 5-1, and 4-2, and two, and you're trying to get that championship caliber player who will take you to the promised land. I feel like Amon Ra right now is a great buy. And much like he did for you last season, you know, he was a late bloomer. You talk about fantasy production in the season. You know, he went on that tear and he carried it over into this season before going down with an injury. You, you have to take advantage of these game logs, the way it looks, you know, when you're looking at trades. His last four games have been 13 points against the Vikings where he got injured. And missed some time. Then he missed week four. Came back in week five. Played through the injury. And didn't perform very well. Week six bye. And now it's week seven against Dallas. You have to look at that and think. Nobody's really going to like that for Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, You know he hasn't produced the way he did to open the season. It looked really good then. But even though he had that streak carry over from 2021 to 2022. People might still be leery about him. Because you know they haven't seen it for a full season. And the offense in Detroit is... It looked good, and suddenly it's it, the wheels are falling off a little bit, and they're going against Dallas. All of those things you can leverage to say, okay, give me Amon Ross St. Brown. Once he gets past Dallas, he has Miami, Green Bay, Chicago, New York, Buffalo, a bunch of high stakes matchups, a bunch of good matchups for him. You know, you don't want to just boil it down to matchups, but we've seen what he can do and the way that Jared Goff dials into Amon Ross St. Brown. So he's totally 100% a buy this week, especially if you could get him because his stock is as low as it's going to be this season, I think. Jose is over here asking, should I trade away Cooper Cup and get back Amon Ross St. Brown and Leonard Fournette? Um, and the answer to that is yes. Like if yeah. you could if you could pull that off, you know, Amon Ra is like a poor man's cup, basically, right? Yeah. And you know, Fournette, the 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 amount that he's been used over the past two weeks and him getting all his snaps back and his usage back, what we what we what we've seen, <laughs> we've been drafting him, you know, where he was going in that third round because of what we saw over the past two weeks and that possibility. And I'm glad that he's back, you know, getting that usage. So yeah, no, if you need a running back, this is a slam dunk deal right here. If you could pull it off. Mostly yeah. I don't think you could pull that one off. Yeah. That's but a listen, a lot of people love Cooper Cup and they want him on their team. Yeah. Cooper Cup, the thing is, he is probably the best, you know, fantasy receiver yeah. right now. He's guaranteed he has the workload. One. Matthew Stafford just dials in on him every every single time they come on the field. But that's a two for one stud. You know, if you look at Cooper Cup as, you know, if every player is of what's it called has a value on a scale of zero to one, you know, Cooper Cup's like a 1.5. But then you also look at Leonard Fournette and I'm on Ross St. Brown. I'd say they're like both ones themselves too. So it's like two for 1.5, if that makes sense. We know that yeah, Cooper Cup that is a very sense. good receiver, but it's two studs for one. And like that's going to help you in the long run. Yeah. I, I like how you framed that. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Cool. Bye, I'm on Ra. Next guy I want to talk about. AJ Brown. He and he's the wide receiver one 
the fantasy wide receiver one that we thought he was going to be on this past first Eagles offense with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts take, took the next step. So because of that, like his value went up even higher, right? Like he hasn't actually blown up. He hasn't really blown up since week one. Right. And those blowups, I feel like they're going to come, man. He's fourth in wide receiver weighted opportunity. And what that is, is a combination of target share and air yards, right? Yeah. And why is that important? Because the further downfield that you're being targeted, the more valuable those targets are. Um, and if you are if you have a high target share in a pass-first offense, which we haven't seen every single week, right? Because like they went up against the Cowboys, tough matchup. Right, yeah. Jalen Hurts had a down week. Um, they had that game in the rain in terrible conditions that you know brought things down as well. So, like you had a couple of games there where the conditions aren't weren't great. Um, you know, nothing's ever ideal in the NFL, right? You're gonna hit those non-ideal weeks, but yeah, the fact that AJ Brown hasn't exploded yet and gave giving you that ridiculous like 150, you know one touchdown game even two touchdown game that's it's gonna happen and yeah. i just want aj brown on my squad right now if i'm looking for a high-end wide receiver who you know might not be top six top seven but can easily be top 10 uh a top 10 play every single week right and you have to consider you know he is the ppr wide receiver nine right now and he's still like i don't know if it feels like this for you but for me it's i still haven't seen him take over a game you know, yeah. and really have his signature game in Philadelphia. I feel like that's coming as games get more consequential down the stretch. You know, they're going to start relying more on their stars to get um, to make plays. And that's only going to benefit A.J. Brown. And it's not that he's been producing badly for you either. You know, even on a down week for Jalen Hurts last week against a good Cowboys defense, he did manage to tally a touchdown on five catches. So there is no worry for me about A.J. Brown. I think his ceiling is much higher than what he's been producing right, right, producing right now. Um, I think that what we're seeing is just, you know, the Eagles offense being good and it, it can be great. It's uh, the Eagles offense, you know, it's great. In the, it, there's a stat like they're fantastic in the second quarter. They've scored the most points in the second quarter. Uh, they scored more points in the second quarter than a bunch of other teams in the NFL have total. Like, you know, um, there's a stat like that. So we're not even seeing the extent of this Eagles offense. Um, anything more, you know, is only going to help A.J. Brown. Um, we talked about A.J. Brown being a buy last week. And I think even though he did have a serviceable performance this week, um, his value is still low enough that he's a buy. For sure. For sure. So, you, you know, you want to buy into this, you know, even even Devontae Smith, you know what I mean? Like he's had yeah. he's had some big games lately, so he might be a little bit tougher to buy. I feel like where he's at right now is kind of where his value sits. Um, so you're not necessarily buying him low. Like right. I, I wouldn't expect to get, you know, Devonta Smith to be, I expect him to be your rank between like, you know, I would expect him to be like a solid wide receiver too with upside every single week. And that's kind of where he's been producing. So yeah, I, I'm okay buying him if, if you know, as part of a deal package or something like that, if you're trying to round out your wide receiver core, I think just buying into this Eagles pass offense is a good idea. Even Dallas Goddard, you know, who had a down yeah. week last week, as you know. <laughs> yes uh that was a little shot at zach yeah thanks uh, appreciate it <laughs> I, kicked, I kicked him while he was down put, put uh, up a four bomb for me going against for us <laughs> yeah chris godwin is the next guy i want to buy man uh the bucks offensive line you know is not playing well right uh they have over the past three weeks the bucks have passed the ball more than any other team and i think godwin you know his role his targets are going to be there right like 
he's had at least six catches over the last three games. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Great schedule the rest of the way. And that's not typical, you know, because usually like a team like the Bucks, a good team usually would have a not too good of a schedule because usually good teams go up against good defenses. Yeah. Uh, good teams are matched up properly. Like if you don't know how the scheduling works, it's like you'll play a division in the AFC, you'll play a division in the NFC, you'll play your own division, and then you'll play a couple teams who finished around you the year before. Right. That's kind of how it works. And um, and yeah, like this is a good time to buy Chris Godwin before he starts going off for you. He's been looking pretty good, man, since he came back from that hamstring injury. Remember, he's also coming off the ACL. Uh, so it's only going to get better from here. I, I think Chris Godwin is somebody that you can probably buy as like a low-end wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. And he has wide receiver one upside. He has top 12 upside, um, which we saw a bunch of times last year. So um, uh, another one, you know, like if you lost Marquise Brown, remember, this is a lot of these guys are targets for people who lost Marquise Brown this past week. You know, Chris Godwin, yeah. A.J. Brown. I lost Marquise Brown on three teams. <laughs> that's <laughs> so that's like, pretty I'm, rough. It's rough, man. I'm looking to, you know, per, you know, purchase a purchase, not the right, right. Buy one of these guys <laughs> uh, to, to, to help me, you know, kind of uh, keep things afloat for those fantasy teams. Uh, so Chris Godwin is one of those guys I'm looking at. Yeah. For us going shopping for receivers right now. <laughs> He's trying to decide what, what shelf we're going purchase. off. The, the recently injured, it's like, you know, the last chance buy shelf, you know, that you have. <laughs> you go after veterans like that. Um, that's pretty funny. I just think about, you know, shopping for receivers. But the thing about Chris Godwin is, you know, you're going to buy him probably, and you're not going to be upset even if he doesn't have that wide receiver one upside for you because he has a very nice floor in this offense. You know, he hasn't left any of his um, owners out to dry just yet. So there's a chance that, you know, his the, the guys that are managing him on their team might not be that willing to give up, give him up for a very low price right now because he has been producing for them solidly. But you look, you talk about the matchup that they have, you know, Carolina, Baltimore, Los, Los Angeles, the Rams, and Seattle the next four weeks before their week 11 bye. Like, this is prime exploding territory for um, Chris Godwin, definitely 100%. Um, you look at the matchups. I don't see the Bucks having trouble on offense. You know, obviously, they've, they've struggled a little bit in the opener, but I don't see them struggling on offense these next four games. I, I think Chris Godwin's going to be, you know, his value is going to be much more inflated. Um, by the end of week 10 than it is right now. You know, who's that Who's that calling you, Zach? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough Chris working Godwin. from home. Yeah, it's yeah Chris it's Chris Godwin. Godwin right now. <laughs> was, that a, was that a house phone? It is a house phone, believe it or not. We still have one here working from That's home. That's cool, man. It's tough. You, you yeah. should send me a picture of those. I forgot what those look like. I got to unplug that thing. <laughs> <laughs> who's calling you uh, on, on the house phone? That's hilarious, man. Right. Um, you, know, you know why someone's calling you the house phone? Because you're not picking up your cell phone right now. That's what That's it is, why. probably, yeah. No, I, I got my <laughs> cell phone on the floor next to me, so that thing doesn't vibrate and make noise. I just can't get away from it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I love it, man. All right, so I want to move to Jonathan Taylor here. Um, the vibes around Jonathan Taylor aren't great right now, obviously. Under production, number one. And then number two, you have uh, the injury, obviously, right? Yeah. He's still an elite talent, right, that the Colts want to base their offense around. His utilization over the first four weeks was elite. Okay, he's getting the touches. He's on the field when you need him to. He's running around on like 65% of dropbacks. That's what you want. And like, you know, seeing, you know, what's his face getting 10 targets last week. You know what I'm saying? Like Deion Jackson, like, yeah. you know, that that's encouraging for JT because he's also running, he also is running that same type of role, 
Uh, Deion Jackson basically got the same role Jonathan Taylor got. Um, so Jonathan Taylor, you know, moving forward, he's one of those guys that you can buy now. And the, the deals that I've been seeing, you know, that people were in which people were able to get Jonathan Taylor, it's amazing. So I, I do have some hope here where people can get Jonathan Taylor like on the cheap, um, where I think he's going to end up being a top, you know, three fantasy running back or so, um, you know, de- you know, going down the stretch. So if you need a running back, if you need a high end one, I'm okay doing like a two for one, you know, and, and trying to grab Jonathan Taylor. I'm cool with, you know, trading one of your top wide receivers for Jonathan Taylor. I, I think it's going to end up working out. And I think this Colts offense is going to find its footing. Um, you know, they looked a little bit better over the past couple of weeks, obviously more so in the past game, which they had to kind of do. Um, yeah. But I, I, I want to buy Jonathan Taylor right now before he starts looking like Jonathan Taylor again. Yeah, I think everything is kind of working in tandem in concert to make Jonathan Taylor very easy to buy. You talk about poor production, you know, going into his injured stretch that we've been seeing him on. He's supposed to be back this week, right? Is that the case? He's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, he practiced last week. You know, there's no word like Jonathan Taylor will play this week, but yeah. he practiced last week in a limited fashion, and then they declared about. It. I think they're just trying to play it safe with him. Um, yeah. You know, kind of like how they did with Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen's planning on playing this week. Jonathan Taylor's planning on playing this week. I think um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about Jonathan Taylor not playing this week. Right. So you look at his stretch of games going into that injured stretch. He has seven points, twelve points, three points. Like that's enough to turn off fantasy managers and start to panic a little bit. But then he gets injured. You know, now he's missing games and he's not producing for you. He wasn't producing for you anyway when he was on the field. I think that that's a perfect buy window, like as good as you can ask for right now. I think you get him really cheap. Um, and the other thing that if you notice, Jonathan Taylor, the way that he's trended in his first two seasons is he starts kind of slow and then he picks it up at the end of the season. Um, the I, I open- prefer that. I prefer that oh, yeah. than the other way around. Right. Yeah. Like, look at all the guys who've been killing it earlier this year. Right. Like right. Christian Kirk, um, CEH, James Robinson. Right. Like, would you rather them have done what they did in the first few weeks or would you rather them doing it, them be doing that right now? You know what I'm right. saying? And it's like, you know, think about that for a second. Like, it's OK that he didn't produce early, you know? Yeah. Well, just for a little evidence here, you know, 2020. Jonathan Taylor opened the season. Weeks 1, 2, 3, and 4, 14 points, 19 points, 13 points, 8 points. By the last four weeks of the season, weeks 14 and 17, 30 points, 19 points, 19 points, 38 points. Damn. 2021 opens the season. Weeks 1, 2, 3, and 4, 17 points, 6 points, 8 points, 20 points. And then in a four-game stretch in the middle of the season, not weeks 9 to 13, 33 points, 24 points, 53 points, 19 points. Like, he comes on. Jonathan later Taylor in the had a fifty-three point game last year. Yes, he did. Oh I was God. on the butt end of that game. I was <laughs> so mad. I couldn't believe it because he rushed for what? Four touchdowns? Was it? Yeah, four oh, touchdowns. Right. Caught that's one. Right. Fifty-three points. They could not stop giving the ball, and against the Bills. So I was like, that's "Oh, right. I'm I'm in the clear." You know, he's playing against the Bills defense. It's a good defense. No, I remember that very clearly, and it's, it's giving me a little PTSD right now. But we're going back to what I'm talking about. He comes on later in the season. That's been the trend so far. I wouldn't bet against Jonathan Taylor. Taylor, like you said, he is an elite talent, and he's still on an offense that's going to be, you know, running through him when he gets back. Um, if you could get Jonathan Taylor now, you know, I would buy him up as in as many leagues as I can. Because chances are, like I said, his price is probably very low. I love it. I love it. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So we could talk about Justin Herbert. Part of the reason why I do want to buy Justin Herbert here um, is because, number one, he's been underproducing, right? I think he's been the QB 17 over the last four weeks. And then on top of that, he's getting Keenan Allen back. That's his guy. He's going to have his full, you know, arsenal of weapons available to him. Mike Evans is healthy. Keenan Allen is going to be healthy. Austin Eckler is going to be healthy. He's going to have all his guys. Um, and that's and that's how this offense is going to look and look better than this. This offense looked absolutely terrible, right? And just the, the, the decision-making, all of it did not look great this past week. Obviously, they were going up, up against a tough defense. But, you know, we know the... We know what this offense is capable of. We know what Justin Herbert's capable of. You're buying a stud on the cheap, um, and he's going to get his weapons back. And uh, if you need a quarterback and you're kind of struggling, looking at low-end quarterbacks here and there, I don't want to send a stud skill player for Justin Herbert, okay, in a one-quarterback league. I don't want to do that. But what I will do is, you know, I'll send one of my low-end guys, you know, maybe maybe an elite handcuff for Justin Herbert plus – a wide receiver three, something like that, you know, uh, or maybe a wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two for Justin Herbert. If I'm loaded at wide receiver, something like that, like nothing too crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, even if you're loaded at the position, it doesn't matter. Um, don't send those high end assets for a quarterback in a single quarterback league. Uh, but you know, or what you can do is like maybe grab one of your, uh, lower end quarterbacks, add a skilled player to it, like maybe a wide receiver three, something like that. Um, some sort of flex play who, you know, w- w- you know, and that that team that you're trading to, whoever has Justin Herbert can potentially use that in their flex and also take a little bit of a downgrade to their quarterback. That's that's how I would play this uh, whenever trading for a quarterback. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense with Justin Herbert. You know, I was a big Justin Herbert guy coming in the season. I only got him in one league and it just happens to be the league that we're in. And he really, you know, screwed me last week. But. Before that, you know, he's been a very serviceable starter, and he's actually had, he had two good weeks to open the season. Um, he hasn't really gotten back to that. I think a lot of that has to do, like you said, with Keenan Allen being out. Uh, I like Justin Herbert as a talent. I see the way he throws the ball. He's still very good. You know, he was a little banged up too after that Chiefs game where he just got hammered all all game. You know, <laughs> and then he threw that one dart. Well, he's in, it was just crazy. But um, I, he's had a couple different factors in influencing the way he's been performing. Um, I think he's as healthy as he's been this season, heading into a good matchup with Seattle this week. So I, I I would buy, you know, right now, especially if Seattle, if the Seattle game goes, as we've seen Seattle games go um, recently this season, between the Seahawks game with the Saints, the Seahawks game with the Lions, it's been high scoring. The Seahawks games have either been high scoring or low scoring, as we saw with the Cardinals game last week. 9-19 was a final score. I, I, I like Justin Herbert to torch the Seahawks defense. Um, I think this could be his, you know, true breakout game for the season. I think so. Uh, just keep in mind, I think the Chargers have, have a bye, if I'm not mistaken. Do you have that pulled up? Um, yeah, so the bye is in week eight. Okay, and it's right Seattle after this week. week seven. Yes. Okay, just, just keep that in mind when you're trading for Herbert. Just have a backup option ready for week eight. Uh, but either yeah. way, I think this is a good buy. Buy him now. Um, and maybe you sell, give a quarterback up who already had their buy, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Moving on now, I, I just want to rattle off a few names uh, who you could buy. Like we we don't have to go in detail unless you have anything specific to talk about, Zach. Among these guys, like I would still buy these guys. You know, number one, 
you know, Kenneth Walker. Like, you know, he mm-hmm. had a good game last week. It wasn't an explosion, but he's capable of that. He showed the talent there, right? So if 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 we're not if the perception of Kenneth Walker still isn't, you know, low end RB one, borderline RB one, where it should be, and he's just like an RB two in some people's minds, I would try to trade for him right now before he ends up blowing the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, uh DK Metcalf and Tyle Lockett down weeks for that entire Seattle offense. I would try to buy into that offense now if I can. I think DK Metcalf is top 10. We were just looking at that today, Zach. DK Metcalf is top 10 in wide receiver weighted opportunity on right. that on an offense that's good. That means good things. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Joe Mixon was on our buy list last week and you know he he came through with a touchdown. He didn't get all the touches this week, but that offense is starting to click a little bit. So I would buy Joe Mixon as somebody who is getting a ton of touches. Chris Olave um you know he's coming off the concussion right now you know he, he, listen like it doesn't matter who their quarterback is it doesn't matter who's in the field chris Olave is going to get it done if you're looking for a, a, a wide receiver who has been getting it done for the most part but has a higher ceiling chris Olave has that and he could potentially blow up second half of the year yeah t higgins somebody that i am looking into right now like <laughs> trading for right now because he's had a couple down weeks you know and i think most people aren't viewing him as a top 15 wide receiver um as you know especially considering the type of questions that i've been getting around him obviously he was banged up going into last week so that played a role but t higgins is somebody i'm looking into for sure travis etn right his role is only going to increase like he we, he hasn't seen a huge increase over the last two weeks but you know it's very incremental his talent is just leaping off the page. He's going to get more touches soon, hopefully. I trust Doug Peterson to do that because Doug Peterson is a smart guy. So hopefully he ends up getting ETN his touches. Christian Kirk, C.D. Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Justin Herbert. I already talked about Justin Herbert, DeAndre Swift, and Damian Pierce. Just a few guys that I'm looking to buy. Any of those names pop off, Zach? Like, are you, do you have any input to any of these those guys that I just mentioned? So three receivers. In particular, to me, DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, and CD Lamb, um, just because they've been massive, you know, target demanders. You know, they get a bunch of targets. Um, DK Metcalf, because more he had a rough week last week, but the Seahawks offense still, you know, that I think that performance on Sunday against the Cardinals is enough to make people think that, okay, maybe the Seahawks offense isn't that good and that maybe they'll be more willing to part ways with DK Metcalf because of that. Um, I think that the Seahawks offense is going to be, um, more like we've seen it in its high-scoring games and its low-scoring games this season, especially with Kenneth Walker there. He's a very good running back. Um, they still have all their pieces. I, I don't think there's any problem with that. Chris Olave, I was actually making a few moves, and I'm really close to getting him in one league. Um, I want Chris Olave because, like you said, of that upside, and I don't think that people are um, you know, as in touch with the value that he has just yet. Once he has one more breakout game, one more explosive game, people are going to be valuing him a lot higher. And then for C.D. Lamb, you know, I think we we talked about it. We showed it. We we have it somewhere that he's highest in weight, weighted opportunity. And yep. he's getting Dak Prescott back. And we're going to see how Dak Prescott looks. But he was getting it done for you, at least in a, you know, serviceable fashion with Cooper Rush, a quarterback. I think that with Dak Prescott, this could really, you know, be a huge second half of the season for C.D. Lamb, especially starting with the matchup against Detroit this week. I agree, man, for sure. All right, let's get into some cells. And you know, of course, I'm going to have to start with Gabe Davis, right? I, this I think one hurts saw me the, a little bit. You, you saw this coming, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, another big play day for Gabe Davis, right? That makes two in a row for him, yep. which is great. 
But Pittsburgh and Kansas City, those were two great matchups for him. But he's still only at 16% target share over these yeah. last two weeks. You know, there were, remember, don't forget, a couple weeks ago, you were like, yo, what do I do with this guy? Mm-hmm. I would take advantage right now and try to sell him. Okay. Because you might be asking the same question in two weeks. All right. He's yeah. going to have this blow up weeks as we've been talking about, right? We've been talking about potentially holding on to him because just keep him in your lineup every single week. And if, if you have him and you can't move him and you don't, or you don't want to move him, of course, keep him in your lineup every week, embrace the volatility. However, right. if you could take advantage of these two weeks, you know, kind of what's the selling point, right? Here, here are the selling points for Gabe Davis. Like, Hey man, great two weeks. You know, he's going to kill it for you. Josh Allen, great offense, right? You don't mention target share. Right. Yeah. But what you will mention is the fact that, hey, like remember th- those past couple of weeks before these two weeks, he wasn't healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't practicing in full. So that's why he wasn't doing his thing. That would be the sales pitch for me. Okay. I personally don't care about that. <laughs> but <laughs> to somebody else, I think that can make a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I would be selling him, you know, in that fashion. Um, I, I could see, you know, Gabe Davis having, you know, a handful of big games again. But um, at the end of the day, like I, I don't want to rely on a sub, you know, eighteen percent target share, yeah. you know, to get it done and these big plays to get it done. It's not sustainable. So I would try to sell high on Gabe Davis when I can. Yeah, I I hear where you're coming from. The biggest gripe is that we've been talking about this whole season his target share. He just doesn't get that many targets, and when he does get his targets, you know, he's doing very well with them. But he's going to be very dependent on. Big plays. We know big plays. It's kind of his specialty. I think we're past the point where it's like, okay, it's a fluke. Now, Gabe Davis is just good at making big plays. Um, I think that selling him high would be a good idea if you're a team that's two and four, you know, maybe three and three even, and you don't have the margin for error to have him put up four point weeks. You know, that's a good point. He might have the upside to win you your weeks, but if you're sitting at two and four, one and five, you no longer have the margin of error for that type of week from him. You might want to move him for a more consistent fantasy asset. And it doesn't have to be somebody that doesn't have as high of a ceiling, but somebody that's going to get it done more for your week in and week out to help you make that push. Because he might have one big game in the next four weeks, but say you lose the next three three out of the four weeks because he puts up two or three points a game. You know, So that, that's the way I look at it. It all comes down to how uh, your team has been doing. I think if you're a team that's doing really well, say you're four and two, five and one, even undefeated, I would maybe move for Gabe Davis, you know, because now you have you have that wiggle room where if he's going to win you some weeks single handedly, you know, you have that margin for error. That's the way I look at Gabe Davis. And it's like a really tough. He's like a puzzle piece, you know, and he might not be fitting in some teams puzzles anymore, but he might fit better in other teams. puzzles. I, I think that you can sell him if you're in trouble. But I would I would hold on to him if you have him, if you're in the middle of the ground. And I'd look to buy if you're um, a, a good team right now. I think that's that's a really, really great nuanced point of point that you just made because you're basically talking about roster construction, yeah. right? And you're you're saying like, okay, well, listen, if I have a bunch of studs and if I have guys who are going to get it done for me regardless, Gabe Davis in my flex is going to win me weeks, yeah, right? Um, and if he doesn't go off, I still have a ch- good chance of winning. So if he's that piece that's going to put you over the edge potentially – I can see you keeping him and wanting him because he could put you over the edge when it comes down to it. So that's a great point. I love it. I love it. 
All right, let's move on to Ramondre Stevenson. And this might be a surprise for some people because everyone knows how high I am yeah. on Ramondre Stevenson. We know how high I've been on Ramondre Stevenson coming into the year. Um, I have him on almost every team. But right now, I'm going to use him as a trade piece to get like a high-end season-long asset because I think the view on Ramondre overall for the rest of the season is a little higher than it should be. Um, and yeah. I think when Damian Harris comes back, even though Ramondre might be the better running back at this point, he will likely revert to a low-end RB2. You know, he's going to yeah. have his RB2 weeks. He's going to have some good weeks because if he scores a touchdown, you know, and he gets 15 touches, he's going to end up, you know, being a top 15 running back. Um, but Damian Harris likely still going to get the first crack, you know, at, you know, with those goal line carries. I would assume so. That's what they've been doing uh, with these two backs when Damian Harris is healthy. And I would assume that continues. Now, is there a possibility that Ramondre moves into the 1A role? I think there is a possibility there. So, yes, you will be risking a little bit by giving up Ramondre here because he has looked good. He is the guy in the in the passing game. When Damian Harris comes back, he's going to be the guy on third downs, in two-minute situations, in other passing situations on the field. Um, but as Damian Harris calling, you know, Damian Harris is calling, and he's basically saying, like, yo, like, I'm coming back. Click. Right? <laughs> um, so I, I do think that there's going to be a, a time where you're like, all right, well, maybe I should have taken advantage of that window, you know, where Ramondre Stevenson is, you know, or, or Ramondre Stevenson was doing his thing and killing it. You know what I mean? I don't, this thing is ringing like six times Zach, off the hook. Zach, Zach is so, uh, like, how? Zach it's has, still ringing. I don't understand. Well, but, it's um, Damian Harris. Damian Harris is calling. Yes. You know, he's going to be back soon. Uh, he might not be back this week. I think Damian Harris is going to be back. I would assume that he'll be out this week and he'll be back the following week. That's my assumption. Yeah. No, I, I like Ramondre Stevenson, definitely. You know, I can't believe this thing's still ringing. Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. It's never rung that many times. Anyway, Ramondre Stevenson. Like it, might saying, be, I do, it might be it might be important. Is is, yeah. is the phone in that room? It is. It's in this room. Yeah. You should no. pick up. I, I want to go unplug it. That's what I'm gonna go do. That's what I'm gonna do. You know, from now on, you're never gonna hear it again, ever. But anyway, with Ramondre Stevenson, what I was gonna say. I, I can just imagine you like at, like as soon as like we're done with this conversation, you just run over to that thing. That's what I'm just, going like, to gra- do. You grab the hook and like bang, bang. No, just... nobody uses that phone anymore. But <laughs> with <laughs> with Ramondre Stevenson, you talk about it. I'm gonna harken back to what you said um, a couple days ago. You know, when have we seen Ramondre Stevenson, or when have we seen Bill Belichick give a running back 85 percent of the snaps? You know, touches. It, it doesn't happen. So. Once Damian Harris comes back, you're right. Ramondre Stevenson is going to have his workload cut into. I think it's going to go back. Like you said, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be RB2 with, I think, upside. You know, I do think that he is already the RB1, the 1A in the backfield. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think who would you rather trade for? Ascending. So I think there's two things, right? Who would you, I'm, I'm sorry, who would you rather start when both are healthy is Ramondre because yeah. he gets the pass and down work. But is he like the one A in the backfield in terms of like the number one guy getting carries, right? And then number two, is he going to be the guy getting the goal line carries, right? That's right. kind of like the the only difference, okay. basically. So maybe the discrepancy for me would be the fantasy one A. Yes. Because we talk about weighted opportunity, you know, exactly. targets being worth more than touches on the ground. I think he's the fantasy one A, definitely. Maybe not in terms of, you know, his overall role in the offense. Just talk about NFL level, but 
he's the fantasy one I, I think that you could sell him especially after that really good week because people are like vindicated you know maybe there's someone in your league that wanted to get Ramondre Stevenson you know and he, they see him put up this awesome performance and now they're like oh you know I want to buy him and he's like well you can have him you know you, you can go trade for him and do that give him away now and then if he reverts back to form you know it, it He's not on your team anymore, so you're good. And similar to the Jeff Wilson situation that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, when we told him, when we told you to sell him when he was doing okay, yeah. Um, you know, he wasn't RB two, and he started to not do his thing, like sooner than we thought, right? And this is not yeah. the same situation situation with Ramondre, but it's like a similar type of situation because Ramondre is more talented. He's going to be the guy on the pa- on passing downs. They the Patriots really really depend on the running backs, um, you know, with with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, like the maximum number of carries you're going to see out of that team is like 25. But with yeah. the Patriots, like both running backs can combine for like 35, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. 40, right? Like the, right. if they're really up in the game, they'll like pound the rock like 20 times each. They don't care. Um, so yeah, I, I would take advantage of you know, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be like a top five running back play this week if Damian Harris is out. But I feel like you can get, you know, some good value. Now, uh, I, I saw this this pop up in, in the in the chat here. Do I sell Diogo is asking, uh, do I sell Ramondre to get ETN? Um, I, I like that, but here's my here's my issue. As of right now, Ramondre is obviously the start. You want to start him over ETN. So this week you're gonna start him over ETN. When Damian Harris is when Damian Harris comes back, I think these two are gonna be ranked pretty similarly, right? And what you're gonna be trading for is the the allure of ETN taking over that backfield in Jacksonville. And mm-hmm. there's a chance that it never happens. I, I'm still buying ETN, but Ramondre is going to be a low-end RB2 to mid-RB2, and so is ETN. ETN is going to stay a low-end RB2 unless his workload goes up. I would assume that it does, right? And you're kind yeah. of hoping that it does. Um, but, you know, both these have similar value as of right now, If Damian, assuming Damian Harris is back. Is that is this a, like this isn't the type of deal that I'm looking for? I'm what I'm looking to do is I'm trying to get a high end asset with Ramondre right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not trying to make a, a, a lateral move like this. I'm trying to get Ramondre plus another season long asset to get, you know, an Amara St. Brown, right? To yeah. get a Joe Mixon, to get th- a Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think I think in this deal you're kind of selling Ramondre's value short. You know, at the yeah. end, you can I, easily I you can easily get this trade done. It's not to say that you know it's it's not going to be disrespectful. You might be paying a little bit more with Ramondre than you're getting back with ETM, but it's not that bad. Where it's okay if you do this, but I think you're selling it short with Ramondre. You can package yeah. him up with another player and go shoot much higher. I think than that's kind of how ETN. I feel. Because you you've talked about it, you know, ETN and Stevenson are like in very similar situations in terms of their workload and their production is going to kind of mirror each other. And in two weeks, you know, even if Ramondre's workload comes back down to earth with Damian Harris coming back, they're still going to be at the same level. You know, I think you could still get this trade done two weeks from now. And I think that's what you're talking about. So, yes, yep. I, I agree. You're selling him short by doing it just for ETN right now. I, I wouldn't. Do exactly. That. Yeah. All right, let's move on uh, to Jamal Williams. You know, with Swift on his way back, uh, I, th- I just got an alert that he is practicing. So yeah. what I want to take advantage of is Williams' elevated but unsustainable value, right? He's had three multi-touchdown games this year, and I think 
that is enough to provide you with a trade piece for yeah. a season long asset, right? He's not like he's not. We always talk about we always talk about like the main course and the side dish mm-hmm. that kind of makes a deal better for somebody. Jamal Williams is the side dish. He's not the main piece. Okay. But I, I think he makes a pretty good side dish because yeah, the allure of ja- Jamal Williams is that, oh, I could start him any week as an RB2. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's an RB2. You know, I think he's like a, a high-end RB3 maybe. He's an, a, a huge upside flex play, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think – his floor is very low. His floor – he's touchdown dependent. It just so happens that he has six touchdowns on the year in five games, but it, he's not going to be doing that all the time. And you're lucky that he was able to do it in such a condensed window where, like, you have an opportunity to sell him or at least use him in a trade to sell and to buy uh, a, a legit – you know, season long asset. And that's what I would do. Uh, we right. also learned before the buy that he's not an every down back, you know, yeah, when Craig Swift Reynolds. misses, <laughs> yeah. Greg Reynolds is playing like the DeAndre Swift light role on this offense. And Jamal Williams real value only comes through on those goal line attempts. And that's yeah. really about it. Um, so because of that, like I'm trying to use Jamal Williams in a trade now before he has a stretch run of like three or four games without a touchdown. Yeah. And I think what you have working for you, the reason you can still sell Jamal Williams, you know, this close to DeAndre Swift's return is that he did have, I think it was two of those multi-touchdown games with DeAndre Swift in the lineup, you know, so you can sell it like, oh, even though, you know, DeAndre Swift was playing, he still got two touchdowns. He could still serve as a nice flex for every week, even every two in a pinch. You know, that's what I'm kind of looking at to sell Jamal Williams. Um, You and I understand that he's not, you know, uh, an RB2. It's not he's not someone you really want to start outside of your flex unless DeAndre Swift is missing time. Um and we know that he's also not an every down handcuff because Craig Reynolds is there. And it's weird because the other thing that's working against him is there's three running backs that they use. You know, even when DeAndre Swift was playing, like Craig Reynolds got some touches. So it's like it's not ever going to be one running back over another in this backfield. But I think that he's done enough, like you said, in a short span of time that you can sell him and get a decent return. I'm buying Swift. I'm selling Jamal. Another guy that we're selling, Dale Henderson. I'm selling yep. him right now. You know, he he's the de facto workhorse for the Rams right now, but it just doesn't feel permanent to me. You know, Kyron no. Williams is going to be back soon. You know, the Rams might add a running back to the mix, which I think they will. You know, and this also isn't the same like Rams offense that we're used to. Right. Yeah. Last year, Dell Henderson was very was a great you know running back and uh, running uh, RB one for almost the entire year until Acres came back because this offense was really good. Right. Yeah. But now it, it's not the case. Uh, he only had I think it was yeah fourteen touches right there on the screen. Fourteen touches week six without Acres. Um, <laughs> that's not going to get it done for me, right? And, and you would have assumed that he would have gotten a big workload, but he he 71% of snaps. He had there was other running backs getting touches, right? Malcolm Brown, some other dude that I never heard of getting touches. So it's not looking great for Dell Henderson in, in terms of like is this going to be his backfield for the rest of the year? It could be. It could be, but I don't expect efficiency. Uh he hasn't looked like amazing this year right. with his touches um they don't use the running backs too much in the past game right now well at least they're not using him if they get christian mccaffrey they will obviously or yeah. some elite running back who's very good in the past game they will use them but you know these guys they're just not using them at all 
So, mm. you know, I think a lot of people might think they're buying Dale Henderson low, and that's you know, and, and I think that's a mistake. Uh, yeah. I'll be selling him instead. Yeah, I would sell him too. And like you said, he had he he was walking into what we thought was going to be really nice workload, and he only got the fourteen touches, like you talked about. I I, I just I'm not a fan of that. You know, that's not encouraging to me. And I have a different, you know, pick for the Rams to trade for. I have Kareem Hunt going to the Rams. I think that would be perfect. We know that the Rams like to move for guys, and he's in their price range. They don't have the first-round picks to throw around for Christian McCaffrey, but a Kareem Hunt, I could totally see that happening. I think that would be perfect, you know, um, a perfect fit, personally. Um, So I'm not holding on to Daryl Henderson or hopes that he's going to be able to produce at a consistent level the rest of the season. Like you said, even with Kyron Williams come back, comes back, say they don't trade for anybody. You know, I think they're still going to be interested in making this a bit more of a committee. Um, Daryl Henderson isn't someone that stands out as, you know, one above the rest. He hasn't been that his whole career in uh, Los Angeles. So I, I think that you can get by with Daryl Henderson um, these next few weeks, but I, I don't think that he's going to be holding on. You could sell him high right now because even though he did only get 14 touches, he scored that touchdown. That's really the only reason I think you can sell it. Because outside of that, it was it was a mediocre day. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I have two penny buys, two penny stocks that I'm willing to buy. Number one, Drake London. I think you can yep. get him super cheap right now. He is looking like the best wide receiver. You know, outside of Chris Olave right now, like he's looking like the best rookie wide receiver. He might, you know, listen, he might end up being the best rookie wide receiver. If he was on a more pass-heavy offense, I feel like he probably would have put some serious numbers on the board by now. Um, yeah. And I think you can buy him. You know, things can change. Atlanta might get into a game script where they got to throw the ball a ton, right? That can happen. Their defense isn't great. So mm-hmm. I, I look to look, look for that to happen. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, wait, how did Drake London get 10 targets in this game? It could happen. Yeah. They've been playing in a lot of close games this year. So things can change very quickly. So Drake London is somebody that, if you're looking to, you know, get a, a low-end wide receiver right now who can end up being a every week wide receiver too for you, which he was just a few weeks ago because he was scoring, he was being efficient. You know, obviously right. that wasn't sustainable based on his workload, but I can see you buying him cheap right now and then him turning into an every week start for you moving forward. Um, Garrett Wilson is another one. Rookie who has the talent, you know, he's the one being favored right now over Elijah Moore. He hasn't produced over the last couple of weeks. Same thing. You're buying talent here and things can change, you know, very quickly, you know, for yeah. someone like that. Um, n- negative game scripts, the Jets defense is playing well right now, but negative game scripts can happen. Um, so uh, Garrett Wilson is somebody that you can keep at the end of your bench um, and buy him like super cheap. Maybe he could be the throw in that you get from buying a stud. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, hey, well, hey, why don't you throw in Garrett Wilson with that type of mm-hmm. thing? You know what I mean? I don't think people are that attached to him. I think they'd be willing no, to do that. I don't think so. I think people yeah. think about dropping him. So that's part True. of the reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much all I had, man. Did you have anything else? Um, just one. And this one might be a bit out there. Um, you know, he's been riding the struggle bus recently, which I would just do a heat check with the owners of Lamar Jackson right now. You know, he's had three not so good games. Um, 13, 14, 15 fantasy points after starting the season 20, 41, 39. People might be attached. They might, you know, want that upside still. But there might also be teams that are looking for not 13, 14, 15 points. Um, I, I would just do a heat check. I'm not anticipating anything much, but I think it's worth a, a look because he's it's three weeks now that he's been, you know, underperforming by his own standard. 
Um, and he's been turning the ball over a little bit more. The, the Ravens don't don't look as good as they were to begin the season. I would just see what the price is right now. You know, if we have what if we have one more bad week, then we could be in a serious buy situation. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that was correlated to that is not having Rashad Bateman, right? Yeah. Not having his number one wide receiver. Hopefully, whoever you're buying from doesn't realize that. Yeah. But that's that that's hope for him to start doing his thing again. Because, you know, without Rashad Bateman, it, it, things become very difficult for Lamar Jackson. Like, yeah, you know, his one target, you know, Mark Andrews is going to get draped and Mark Andrews still have been still has been able to get it done, right? For the most part, um, right. So it, it, this offense is impressive either way, and they're going they're going to be fine. Um, let's answer a couple of trade questions before we sign off here. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's a question from Zach Epstein. What's up, Zach? Swift trading away Swift and Kamara, and you get back Mixon, Subtle Sutton. I'm sorry. I combined Sutton and Waddle. And Wadden. <laughs> <laughs> so trading away Swift and Kamara, and you're getting back Mixon, Sutton, and Waddle. Yes. What say you? I say yes. I would say yes, as long as you have another good running back, you right. know, to back up, you know, Mixon. That right? is Because it seems to me like you're trading away your two main running backs, and you might be trading them a little low here. Um, I, I like Sutton. I think he, he'll bounce back. It's a really bad offense. Waddle is going to be a wide receiver one this year. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Mixon's going to be an RB1. So I'm cool with that as well. Um, oh, Zach in the comments is saying, I have Saquon as well. So there you go. Yeah. You got Saquon and Mixon and you got Sutton and Waddle. Go ahead. Do, do it. it. Yeah. I'll do it. Yes, sir. And, and that, again, you know, the value matches, I think, nicely. You know, roster construction would be the only thing, but he just said he has Saquon. So we're chilling. Would you trade Dalvin Cook straight up for McCaffrey? Yes. Yeah, done and done. <laughs> um, let's see. Philip is asking: Should I trade Cooper Cup and Montgomery for Joe Mixon and AJ Brown? And this is a ten-man PPR dynasty league. Mm. Would you trade Cooper Cup and Montgomery for Mixon and AJ Brown? I think because it's dynasty, I would say yes. I think I would. I mean, it, it really depends on, you know, even if it, it, even with a win now team, you can win with Mixon and AJ Brown. Um, yeah. I like, I like moving Montgomery here. You know, Cup is an older wide receiver. How long is he going to continue to do this? This could be the last year that he ends up doing this. Maybe next year. And that's it. I right? give him the way he's producing. I'd give him at least next year, the benefit of that, that he's going to yeah, continue. I would to say so. Well. Yeah. I would say so. But AJ Brown's going to keep getting it done for you. He's still young. Uh, Mixon has a couple years. I would say another maybe two years left in him. I'm okay with this deal. I'm okay yeah. with this deal. But it, it depends on what the rest of your lo- roster is looking like. Honestly. I think Mixon is a clear upgrade over Montgomery. And then for AJ sure. Brown is a long-term replacement for Cooper Cup. By the way, the Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus, said that he, they're going to ride the hot hand at running back. Yeah. So if you have David Montgomery... Watch out. Are you sweating yet? <laughs> I'll be sweating if I have Montgomery. Yeah. But if I had, listen, that, that Bears running back, like Montgomery has looked, looked good too. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm not, I don't think he'll completely lose his job. Yeah. But there's a chance that, you know, maybe some t- the touches do end up splitting up a little bit in that backfield. Would you trade a mix in for Waddle straight up? He already has Saquon and Brees as his RB1 and RB2. Kenneth Walker as his RB3. And he has Ramondre. And his top two wide receivers are D Hop and Jacoby. Yeah, hell yeah. Easily. Yeah. 
with that type of RB room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Brock, I would definitely trade Mixon and Waddle based on what you got there. Let's go with French- Francesco here. Would you do Walker? Would you trade away Walker and Lamb for Cup, Zeke, and Rondale? I don't think I would. No, I, I don't think I would either. Just because for the, for this season, you know, Kenneth Walker and CeeDee Lamb should be huge. You know, they're we're heading into, we're getting close to the second half of the season. Um, CeeDee Lamb's getting Dak back. Kenneth Walker, you know, he's going to continue to do his thing. Cooper Cup is nice, but Zeke and Rondale have very minimal value in this trade, I think. I agree. I agree. KXBOY is asking, would you trade Josh Jacobs straight up for Joe Mixon? I would not, but I would do the opposite. Right. I, I I wouldn't. I don't think I would do this either way. <laughs> you know, I, I would trade. Back. I would trade Joe Mixon for Josh Jacobs because Josh Jacobs' role right now is bananas. His yeah. role, he's running around. He's running routes like he's never run before. He's involved that, in the pass game like he's never involved before. That's what makes um, it not as clear of a trade for me because you said that it, he's never had this role before. It's just like, why are yeah. they using him like this now? I, 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 because I, they're just milking out his rookie contract. But it's I, possible. I it's also the, the coaching too. Like this new coach is here. You know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah. been with the same coaching staff for a couple of years before this year. And, you know, now they're, now they're, now they're doing the thing. Would you trade right. Chris Olave for Travis Etienne right now? Caleb's asking. No. No, I wouldn't. I, I like Chris Olave a lot. Me too. Would you trade Juju for Rondell Moore straight up? Who would you rather have? I think this question came up earlier. Who would you rather have the rest of the season, Rondell Moore or Juju? I'm going to go with Juju. And I don't want to get too much flack for this, but Rondell Moore, he did get the targets, but his average depth of target is very low. Yeah. Um, I think you're Juju's get... capable of bigger plays and bigger games. Yeah, 100%. The ceiling is much higher for Juju on a weekly basis. All right, let's go with – I'm going to go with two more here. Um Let's see. Would you trade Travis Etienne? Spencer's asking, would you trade Travis Etienne and T. Higgins for AJ Brown? Yep. That one I'd be pretty solid. Uh, I'd be pretty happy doing that. I-, I think Higgins has been a little bit banged up. Etienne has a relative role. Like we just talked about AJ Brown being a buy. You might be paying a little bit higher for him, but I don't have a problem because AJ Brown's ceiling is very high. That's me. I don't think I would do this deal. I don't think I would. I think you'll be selling Higgins a little low here. Etienne has a lot of potential, right? Uh, I think his now, you know, if you if you if you're looking to win now, I can see doing this deal, right? If you're like two mm-hmm. and four, and you need to win, I would rather have play AJ Brown than either of these guys. Like Etienne, like doesn't even have to be in your lineup, right? You know what I'm saying? He's more of a hold and play later. You can play him as a flex right now. You can play him as a low end RB two right now. Yeah. Um, but T. Higgins, I think, you know, I'm buying Higgins. Like, I think that his value is a little lower than usual. And I think that at the end of the year, we might be looking at Higgins and A.J. Brown being very close in fantasy points per game. It is possible. That's true. So so I, I think I would rather hold on to these two guys if you can't afford it. Right? It kind of depends. All right. Let's do one more and then let's get out of here. Would you trade De- DeAndre Hopkins for Josh Jacobs right now? Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. I would would do that as well. All right. Mm -hmm. That'll do it. Appreciate you guys. Um, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, Please subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, whether you're on Spotify. That would mean the world to us. That helps us out a ton. If you just subscribe to the podcast, it's free. Do it. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, And we'll see you guys tomorrow for the quarterback and running back ranking show. See you later. Bye-bye.